podcast from St. John's Lafayette Square, journeying now through Lent. In these conversations, we explore the disciplines we need to live our faith here and now. This is an exploration into the shape of a life well-lived, that is, a life oriented to receiving the gift of belonging in God's life. Today I'm here with the Reverend Emily Griffin, the Associate Rector at St. Albans Church in Washington, D.C., and a trainer and board member of the Godly Play Foundation. She's here to talk with us about a holy habit you might not necessarily think of, that is play. Hi, Emily, welcome. Good to be here. Uh, As a way of getting started, would you share an image of God that's resonating with you most right now? Sure. Um, I'm not sure how Lenten this is, but given the topic we're discussing, I keep thinking about God as an artist. Mm-hmm. I imagine God playing, you know, playing with color, with light, with shadow, with sounds, with words, forming us from the dust of the earth and taking delight, but also mm-hmm. not being afraid to reshape us uh, when it's time to make something new. Uh, uh, yeah, God as an artist who's playfully crafting and shaping and, and reshaping us um, with a kind of delight and, and joy. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. So when you uh, think about this practice, this discipline uh, that we're going to dive into today called play, um, what is it and what, what makes something play? Excellent question. Um, I'll start off by saying that it is notoriously difficult to define play. Um, Uh It might be easier to describe than to define. Uh Um, And so I'd say several things about it. Um, One, um, play is voluntary. Um, It's not something we do out of duty or obligation. Um, No one can make us play. If for being forced to play, then it's not really play. It's something else. Mm. Um, play is also something that's done for its own sake. Um, it's not designed to be productive, although wonderful things can come from it. Mm-hmm. We, we know things about play. We know that it's fun. It's satisfying. Um, oftentimes it involves deep concentration. Um, we can lose track of time when we play. Um, mm-hmm. I sometimes think about play as one of those portals into the fullness of time. Mm. We kind of skip, you know, we, we live in Kronos time and then all of, then there are these moments where we find ourselves in Kairos in this sort of fullness of time where, um, yeah, it's a little step into eternity. Huh, huh. Play as a kind of step into eternity. Uh, that's really, yeah, yeah. We talk more about these, um, two different senses of of time that you're describing yeah yeah so um so we have this you know clock time um Uh the time that um we measure and um tend to live by um you know that there's a pressure to show up on time to make things last the time that they're supposed to last to keep moving Mm -hmm. on to the next thing um often involved, at least when we're working with productivity. Um, But then there's this other kind of experience of time um, where 
um, where the clock doesn't matter so much, where mm-hmm. um, where um, where the bounds sort of dissolve, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. where I don't I think of it as as getting to um, maybe walk with God in eternity for a little bit. Mm-hmm. That that practice of play as getting to walk with God for eternity, uh, in eternity for, for a little bit. Um, and uh, I, I really like that um, as you're describing uh, walking with God as something that uh, is fun and satisfying. Um, that it's not always something that I think coming close to God is associated with. I think that's probably true. Um, uh-huh, uh-huh. And I, I do think that um, living into this um, practice of play has helped me to see God as being more playful um, than I may have imagined when I was younger. Um, uh-huh. That there's, I, you know, I read scripture differently now when I see these images, you know, see or hear or read out these images of God creating. Um, I think of that as being, um, yeah, more playful, more, um, more joyful. I read mm-hmm. passages like, you know, the Psalms where it talks about God creating Leviathan for the sport of it or. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> or um, yeah. In Proverbs, it talks about wisdom playing with God. Um, huh. Huh. That, um, I mean, there are lots of different images of God and um, this is the one I, I've been um, working with more lately. And, um, it's a, pre- it's a nice, um, leavening agent in the midst of Lent. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, yeah, that God is that, that this sort of play that God engages in and calls us to engage in is not just, um, a waste of time or, um, is not just something trivial, but it seems like the way you're describing this kind of play and connecting to creativity and something just for its own sake that enters us into walking with God for uh, a bit of eternity. Um, yeah, is it just has a different depth to it than I think when I often hear like play as just like silly and, and trivial. Do you know what I mean? I do, I do. Yeah. Um, that and and there are different kinds of play i mean there's and um i actually uh, my best teachers in terms of play are children um uh-huh. and watching how children play you know there's different kinds there's sort of as if play when they're trying on a new role and seeing how it fits you know they might practice you know imagine themselves as parents or firefighters or teachers they um sort of imitate what they've seen and see how that feels but you watch them for long enough and it starts to morph into more what I would call what if play. You know, they start imagining things they haven't seen. They try on new words, new kinds of games. They start testing where the boundaries are. And um, I think we as adults engage in those kinds of play too. We just don't call it that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, I can think of lots of times like trying on roles, thinking mm-hmm. about what what the future could be imagining uh these these sort of options um yeah i think that that's part of how we live into the kingdom of god i mean that that Mm. there's this 
it's this now and not yet. And it's, um, it's something that's, um, we don't necessarily know exactly where we're going as we get there. Um, mm-hmm. um, that part of um, living into those moments is what I would call what if play. There's a, there's a sense in which there's risk um, as you're describing this, because we know, uh, you know, already we have been redeemed and, you know, it is not yet the fullness of time. And we experience these uh, moments of eternity. Um, but there's a kind of risk and trust involved uh, to be willing to, uh, I guess, experience that uh, portal into eternity through play. Oh, absolutely. There's definitely risk um, involved. It's um, it's a real challenge for those of us who tend to measure our identity by what we do uh-huh, and, uh-huh. Um, and how we achieve. Um, it's it's all it's about process not product um mm-hmm. you know that it's not about being efficient or you know justifying our existence with our production mm-hmm. um and for some of us that's pretty scary territory yes yes um and i do think it's fundamentally about trust i think it's about trusting this creative spirit within us um and trusting that to um, lead us to where this sort of creative spirit of God within us is, is leading us to go. Um, I think there's a profound trust involved in play. Would you talk some about your journey? Uh, you shared some about um, learning from children, but uh, your journey to beginning to understand play as uh, a real spiritual discipline. And um, if there was any particular person who sort of helped you understand this? Sure. Um, well, I think I've always known how to play. Most of us have. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. but, um, we, we forget. Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, we, I think, you know, it's often said that play is a native language of children. Uh-huh. Um, and I think um, we forget that sometimes as adults, um, but it's something we know in our bodies, we know in our spirits. I think the muscle memory is there. The person who helped me to name play, though, as a spiritual practice is uh, Jerome Berryman, who's the founder of Godly Play. I first heard about Godly Play in seminary, um, but it was as a priest in my first parish when I was working with children that I really began to see its um, power. Mm-hmm. It's godly play, for those of you who don't know, it's it's a method of spiritual guidance that's used primarily, but not exclusively with children. Um, And in it, we use objects to tell stories either from scripture or from our tradition. And we wonder about those stories together. Um, Mm -hmm. And by wondering, I mean, we wonder with our words, but we also have a chance to wonder with our hands. So in godly play, after we've had a chance to wonder about what the story could really mean, Um, The kids have an opportunity to work with the objects themselves or to use art materials to sort of work on whatever the story has raised in them. And sometimes their play will have very, will seem to have very little to do with the story they just heard. And for some of us, that's a little anxiety provoking at first, but, Mm -hmm. but I, but you look at it long enough and you start to see different things. You see, maybe they're working on something that happened at home or something they saw on TV. They might be, using play as a way to sort of test their, um, test where the boundaries are, um, test their own resilience. 
or sometimes they're just playing with beauty. They're just trying to make something new. And in watching that, it's freed me up to, I think for me, play, and particularly godly play has helped me to get out of my head mm-hmm. and to remember all of those things that I already know in my body and in my spirit, but I'm sometimes disconnected from. I think it's in particular godly play, but other kinds of play too. It It's expanded my vocabulary of faith mm-hmm. that I, I tend to be a pretty wordy person and in play, I have this sort of visual vocabulary, a tactile vocabulary. I can use all my different ways of knowing to explore. And godly play has been part of how I've come to see that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What strikes me as you're talking about this is that there's there's different ways of knowing. Yes. Uh, that there's not just that you can articulate, that you can talk about, uh, but you're describing this sort of embodied knowing, the knowing that our bodies have. Um, yeah, I wonder if if you have any more to say about that. Well, I I think I think we see that most clearly in children, all of the things uh-huh. that they they know without needing to be told, know without having the words to describe what they know. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think as we grow, we we so develop the kind of knowing that happens in the mind that we we sometimes push to the side the things that we know in our bodies and mm-hmm. um, the things that we know in our hands that we just um, the, the kind of work that our hands lead us to um, mm-hmm. and part of what play has given me is a way to re-embrace that part of me and to honor that as being a, a, a legitimate and holy way of knowing God. Yeah, a holy and legitimate way of knowing God and others. Like I, as you're mm-hmm. talking about this, I'm thinking of, um, uh, you know, like relationships that I have. I know what it's like to look into the eyes of someone who really cares and is actually listening to me. And I know what it's like to look into the eyes of someone who's thinking about the next thing they're going to do, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> and that, and that, yeah, that's that sense of um, safety or not, that sense of comfort or not it is a real thing. And something that I'm, I'm just thinking of right now is I've been reading um, Bessel van der Kolk's um, work on, I think it's, it's called The Body Keeps the Score. And so it's um, a psychiatrist, a medical doctor, um, but most of what his premise is talking about is how trauma is stored and lodged in the body. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, maybe logically something could happen that doesn't logically seem like it's related. But if your body is still in a trauma response, you're not able to, you're still experiencing that. Um, And uh, we can't just resolve things without uh, attending to the fact that we're not just brains. We're not just minds. Um, Like, and we have these bodies that get in the way but the body actually knows oh absolutely and I think part of what the gift of play has been for me is that you know not all of our body's knowledge is centered around trauma sometimes it's it is centered around joy it's Uh around laughter um 
and that our body remembers that too. Um, even when we have a hard time accessing that in the moment, um, remembering that that is there helps me in those moments where I need to um, let go of my, mm -hmm. uh, my need for control or my um, need to know exactly what's happening. And um, when I'm clutching on to clock time a little too much, that re mm -hmm. just remembering that there's something in my body that remembers how to live into this other kind of time um, mm -hmm. helps me. Yeah, this embodied way of knowing, embodied way of living our lives um, and, and knowing God as uh, completely legitimate and in fact, holy. That's really helpful to me, sort of framing um, the way I think about how I know. Yeah, and a way of, of um, acknowledging all of those things that we know without words and the, the reality of God that can't be expressed with words, even if we, you know, even when we try. Huh. Yeah. Oh, that's a really good point. Like that we can't express everything that we know of God in words that, that there's, there is this mysteriousness that we can try and grasp at and that we spend our lives doing. And certainly, you know, the church has done for thousands of years trying to, you know, yeah, I mean, like, oh, that's, absolutely. What, like, the, that's what the, the play of theology is, you know, people trying to, to name um, what is experienced and name what, what we know of God. And yet you can still do this for thousands of years and um, not have, not have a, uh, it complete. It's never complete um, in a sense. Absolutely. And part of, um, I think what play has done for me is to um, increase my, my trust in the sense that when I'm creating, I am living into what it means to be in the image of God. And just like the things that I create um, are rarely finished, um, that God continues to create and create mm -hmm. me and recreate me. Mm -hmm. And feeling that it's okay that I'm not a finished product, that I'm still in the making. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, that, that, that takes a kind of, um, humility and, 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 um, yeah, trust, as you're saying, uh, that it's okay to not, uh, be a finished product as much as life is, is this process. The pandemic has brought us closer to what we call in godly play our existential limits. Um, mm -hmm. It's made mm -hmm. us more aware of our um, aloneness, um, mm -hmm. more aware of um, the limits of freedom, certainly more aware mm -hmm. of the possibility of death. And I think those are times when we really need play the most. Mm -hmm. I think play can sometimes help us work with those limits but in a way that we can handle. Um, that when we think about some of these issues in the abstract or um, when we're inundated with it in the news, it just feels overwhelming. But when we can you know, test our mortality by taking a, a long walk, um, you can sort of walk up against the edges of your limits um, 
but then, you know, go home and put it back in the box until you're ready to play again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the other place where I found a change in my experience of play um, has been in worship. Mm-hmm. Um, that, I mean, and I know that that's, that that's sort of a challenging thing for some to think about worship as being playful. It somehow feels disrespectful or like we're not taking <laughs> seriously or, you know, I don't see it that way. I mean, I think part of worship is learning to take ourselves less seriously, mm-hmm. um, that we can be intentional and playful at the same time. Um, Mm. we can, you know, follow these ancient patterns and follow them, you know, with integrity and excellence, but we can also kind of hold them lightly and recognize what it exact, you know, what it is, who it is that we are, um, talking about and, and, and encountering. And, um, when I'm able to think of and live into worship as being more playful, it just makes me more open to the spirit, more open to being surprised. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've started we've resumed some of our in-person worship on a limited basis and um and it's again surprising and such a gift how easily my body remembers what worshiping with other people was like uh, <laughs> and yeah, yeah what a gift it is yeah that that embodied knowing mm-hmm. um I really appreciate how you talk about uh, coming up to these existential limits that we experience Mm -hmm. and, and thinking about the way you're describing play. It sounds to me almost as if it's a kind of container that's safe, like a safe enough way that we can come close to things that are really, really overwhelming. Um, Certainly, as, as you mentioned, you know, the news, uh, the numbers of people who have died, the numbers of um, people who have gotten sick over the last year, that there's a, there's a, a way to come close to these limits. Um, and I think one thing that I'm thinking about right now is the difference between, you know, sort of limits um, as a, a limit as like a fundamental thing that creatures, uh, not creators, um, creatures, humans um, have built in. Like we have limits and they're not necessarily failures or bad things um, to sort of suppress, but uh, we have to sort of embrace our limits in order to, to come close to these um, sort of scary things like aloneness, like the the possibility of freedom, the possibility of of death. Yeah, I think that um, that's part of again one of the gifts of godly play for me has been in engaging scripture in this way and some of those stories that um, where all of those things occur, aloneness, questions around freedom, the reality mm-hmm. of death. That when you have a way to um, play with that, not just in with words or seeing them on a page, but having objects and being able to take them out and put them away, um, mm-hmm. that it's a way to um, work with those edges. And again, integrating mind, body, and spirit um, mm-hmm. as you're trying to do all of these things and yet recognizing that there's a time for that. And then there's a time to put that away. And um, what I think it does is it creates a kind of resilience. Um, mm-hmm. It, um, it, 
it increases our ability to to withstand as well as to know when we're getting overwhelmed um, mm -hmm. and helping us um, step back when we need to, uh, that there's only so much of that that we can um, take at a time and constantly having our container overflow is probably not the best way for us long-term to move forward. And so by mm -hmm. having some of these um, containers where we can work with these things, but also know that it's a, that if there are times where it's okay to close the box and do something else. That this cultivation of resilience can be found through play, through this disposition that you're willing to be surprised in. Yeah, and because play is inherently about process and not product, there's no like there's no pressure to. Um, you know, resolve it all in a 30 minute episode, you know, <laughs> there's um, <laughs> that we can try something on and if it doesn't fit, we can let it go and we can try something else um, that, um, and that that's not, um, that's not failure. It's, um, I don't know, persistence. And uh -huh. that, um, that frees me up from thinking that I've got to get it right the first time all the time partly the pandemic, um, but also just sort of more in general when we encounter these these limits, that embracing play has helped me to reframe my sense of God's hiddenness. Mm -hmm. um, that sometimes when we're going through something as horrible as what we've been through, God, uh, sometimes we feel God, the closeness of God's presence with us in our suffering, but other times we feel God's, what we feel is God's absence or hiddenness. And mm -hmm. um, in godly play, we sometimes talk about playing um, hide and seek with God. And I don't find this, uh, and I've been sort of trying to play my way or live my way into thinking about what that what that's like. And as frustrating as hiddenness can be, there's also this sort of joy in seeking and finding. There's this sense of being on a journey. There's the sense of, um, that we're not the only ones seeking, that God's also seeking us. Um, mm -hmm. And that we, that I can um, recognize that um, there's more to God than my experience of God in a given moment. And that, um, that God can be found in all sorts of hidden places or places I didn't think to look. And when I'm open to that, as opposed to saying, well, God shows up in this way, in this form, at this place, at this time, um, being open to being surprised by God allows me to find and be found by God in really unexpected places and conversations and um, moments. And that I think has helped me in the pandemic in particular. Mm -hmm. This, um coming close to uh, the hiddenness of God, um, not necessarily, not necessarily absence, entire absence and not necessarily um, abandonment, although it can feel that way. Oh Lord, yes. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, um, but, uh, but being able to, um, increase my ability to walk closer to that edge and uh -huh. yeah walking closer to that that edge i think for me it's 
realizing that life isn't a puzzle to be solved, mm -hmm. um, where I, if I can just have enough control and gather enough pieces, I can master it. And um, that releasing myself from that kind of pressure enables me to see and mm -hmm. that um, being able to at least in part embrace life as this adventure, um, it gives me a greater sense of agency um, in all of it as well. Um, that, um, that I am on this journey and that there are these sort of hidden tools at my disposal and that there are people who are walking on this path, you know, this path with me and that we can play together in discovering where it is that we're going when we don't quite know. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, so you mentioned, um, you know, certainly godly play itself and you mentioned worship um, as finding play in this. And I wonder um, if there are any other ways how you would recommend someone to begin, begin the discipline of, of play. Well, my first suggestion would be to spend time with a child, if possible, uh -huh. <laughs> um, that play with them, follow their lead. And um, if that's not possible for you right now, just spend time with someone who loves you and someone you can be silly with. Um, mm -hmm. Let them lead you into play and see where that takes you. Um, I mean, but of course, we don't really need another person with us to play. Um, God, God, you know, comes and plays too. So um if you find yourself alone maybe try using your hands in a new way try an art material you've never tried before um you know take a walk without a particular place that you're going just to notice what you notice and see what you see you know if you're cooking at home you know try a new food try a new technique re relieve yourself of the pressure to produce or perform and just sort of see where your hands take you mm -hmm. uh, at least for me, that has been um, part of how I've tried to live into play in my own life. Mm -hmm. I think also for me, um, I take comfort in the fact that there is no one right way to play. Part of what I try to do is occasionally when life allows it, give myself the time and permission to get lost in whatever it is that I'm doing. I think for, and we have different, um, just we have, like we have different learning styles and personality styles. I think we also have different styles of play and there are going to be different things that, um, that draw us. So pay attention to those things that you lose track of time doing where you're in a state of deep concentration and deep satisfaction, whatever that is, chances are it's play. Hmm. Pay attention to those things that you're in deep concentration and deep satisfaction and perhaps losing track of time um doing yeah this uh sounds like a lot of uh uh a disposition of of wonder at whatever it is um yeah. instead of needing to instead of thinking we have it all figured out and we have the product it's living in a kind of wonder in an openness uh, to recognizing mm -hmm. that what I see right now um, is legit, but what I'm going to see a year or three years from now is, might be quite different. And mm -hmm. that um, I don't have to have all of the answers uh, right now. I don't have to um, have it all 
figured out, I can rest in this knowledge that God isn't finished with me and, mm-hmm. um, and be able to trust that God's creative spirit um, is continuing to work in me and through me to um, lead me to what, you know, wherever I need to be and whatever I'm um, supposed to do next. Um, there's a, to me, there's a comfort in thinking of God as co-creating with me and I'm co-creating with God and, and with the community that I'm a part of, that we get to work on something beautiful together and we don't have to know what it's all going to look like in the end to enjoy the process. Wow. Yes. This God as an artist, uh, co-creating with us, uh, the spirit uh, in us, uh, creating, um, creating art, uh, that, gives us these portals into eternity here as we live in uh, time. Yeah, that's beautiful. Uh, So in closing, uh, if you had only one word to describe what this practice, perhaps um, now I'm thinking this art um, means to you, uh, what would it be? I think my word is freedom. Freedom. Mm. Yeah, that I feel my own freedom in play as well as God's freedom. When I'm playing, my choices aren't a burden, they're a gift. Mm-hmm. Um, when I'm playing, um, when we're playing, we're released into something new. Mm-hmm. And I find that exciting. Yeah, the freedom, freedom of play, freedom of getting to walk with a God who wants to walk with us as an artist. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time and for sharing this with us, uh, this playful, this play that that is voluntary and uh, not necessarily productive. It can be fun and satisfying and incorporate surprise and wonder where we can uh, come close to our our creativity and our limits. uh, And in fact, uh, come close to, come close to God. Thank you for being willing to uh, play with me in this conversation. (laughs) That's certainly what this this has felt like. (laughs) Thank you so much, Emily. Thank you.